0: What if I told you that being in the right place at the right time was not a circumstance of luck? What if I told you it's a skill that you could learn and leverage to achieve your goals and dreams? This is the Right Place Right Now podcast with Travis Fields and Brandon Johnson. Bonus episode. We're still gearing up for Tokyo and continuing to highlight the amazing Olympic athletes that will represent Team USA. And today, we have USA volleyball player and Olympian Jordan Larson on the show. Jordan is headed to her third Olympics with Team USA. She already has a silver and a bronze, but this year, Team USA is going for gold. At a young age, Jordan realized she was gifted with athleticism and a competitive spirit, but that in itself is not what got her on the Olympic team. Since the age of 12, Jordan has had to adapt and evolve her routines and self-care to ensure that she can continue to perform at the highest level and reach her athletic goals. Her longevity in the sport has also given her a unique opportunity to grow as a teammate and a leader. As the team's veteran, Jordan has seen her role more from being an individual contributor to a vocal leader that others are looking up to. Jordan says that focusing on what you can control showing up consistently and giving your best are the keys to success. Jordan, we appreciate you taking the time. We're all thrilled to follow your journey and good luck in Tokyo. We'll be watching and rooting for you. Jordan, welcome to the show. We appreciate you having, making the time to be with us today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. So I want to get right into it. This is going to be your third Olympic team, correct?
1: Correct. Okay. It's great when you say that, I'm like, whoa, that is, that's a lot.
0: <laughs> it's a lot. And yeah. and I, I know that this isn't socially acceptable, but there's some longevity there. Can I ask how old you are as an Olympian? Is that okay?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm 34. For Olympians in
0: their prime, it seems like you're kind of on the back end of that. How have you maintained this over the years? Because you were a great college athlete. Obviously you're a great athlete still to make the team. You just won a big tournament with an international um bunch of other international teams how do you maintain it over the years
1: you know i think i i kind of want to like uh fight the stigma i guess you could say like to say that like hey at 34 you can still like get it done and get it done at a really high level and it's it's kind of like an, a challenge to me like how can i get my body to still perform and optimize kind of what i have left you know almost like the analogy like ringing out the towel like what else can i get out of my body to like see and kind of push the limit. And so I've really kind of taken that challenge on. And, um, but I I think I've also done kind of just some smart strategic um, decisions kind of later on. I've done a shorter season overseas, kind of gotten the weight room a little bit longer to help kind of get the joints, you know, ready to play at a pretty high level for, you know even just short bursts. So um, I've definitely, that's helped a lot, so.
0: Okay. So you are taking a very strategic approach to this, especially as you get older and trying to figure out how to re-wicker your, your workouts. What's the mentality behind that? Like, how do you even start to plan something like that?
1: yeah uh obviously we have a great staff and a great strength coach that helps and nutritionists and all that stuff that help kind of facilitate a lot of that and so um and just for me it's it's buying on my end i gotta trust that they know what they're doing and they've educated themselves and knowing like what program i'm on and and kind of what i'm doing nutritionally to kind of set me up for success and know that i've done a lot of the work lead up to this. So um, just kind of trusting that process and being okay in that space and and knowing that it's going to work out and that I've prepared, you know, accordingly.
2: Have you always been this driven? Like as a kid, were you this driven? Were you just like challenging yourself all the time to do the next thing?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I was just, I was pretty athletic. So my parents, um, my dad played uh, football in college, just at a D2 school. My mom still I think Seth has a record for free throw percentage at my high school. I know that's not that big of a deal, but they were but they were pretty athletic uh, people. And so I got blessed with that athletic ability. And then the fact that I'm like super, super competitive, um, I think has allowed me to continue to want to push that. And so I do think that I was pretty driven from a young age, but for sure my parents helped and assisted in that and kind of really you know, found a way to like pull that out, out of me. And, and if this is the goals that you have, like, okay, well, it's going to take X, Y, and Z to get there. So.
0: Yeah. How do you, how do you determine like what that's going to take? Because you could always slack off on a day, right? There's probably days you wake up and you're not feeling it or just like, I don't want to do this today. I've been doing this since I was 12. Yep. (laughs) Today's not the day, but you still have to go to the gym. You still got to do your two days or whatever you're doing. How do you talk yourself into getting up for that?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's just a conversation every morning, like, all right, body's not feeling it. I got to show up. And it's not, I think the one thing I love about volleyball is that it's not an individual sport, to be honest, because I, you know, on some days, even now on the national team, we have this term, it's called scrambled eggs. Like if I'm just a mess, you know, I'm like, I just, can't get it together. Guys, I need your help, you know? And I can rely on my teammates to kind of pull that out of me and help me through when the days aren't going so well. Um, But I do think it is like, first of all, a conversation with myself of like, hey, you know, this is where you want to be even though you don't, you're not feeling it today, you got to get after today. And, and, and also set an example for, you know, the girls that are coming after me and how can I continue to push the envelope in order for them to kind of have that same mentality as they come through and and set their career as well.
2: There's kind of that lead by example piece of that. Do you, uh, do you show up to practice like the same way you show up to games? I know Michael Jordan talks about that. Like I practice harder than I play in the games because that's how, when you get to the game time,
1: yeah. That's how you're
2: going to play. Is that, do you take that mindset as well?
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think it's important that you have that, that mindset in practice because then it's just going to translate and you've, you've done it every day. Right. So then once you get in the heat of the moment and the battle, it just, it's intuitive. It just comes naturally because you've been there in practice 10 times over. So um, yeah, I definitely tried to do that. Uh, like you said, other, some days it's harder, right? It's how, how can I get the maximum potential I have on that day and, and say that I can, you know, walk away and put my head down at night and be like, Hey, I did everything that I could to be the best version of myself. And, and that's ultimately what I'm striving for.
0: How has your role evolved since the first Olympics in 2012 to now missing the 2020 year now in 2021? Cause coming on the team young versus now being a, a veteran, what does that look like for you and how you relate to the other players?
1: Yeah. Um, goodness. I, I didn't realize how naive I was in 2012. I was like, Oh yeah, I got this. Like I, you know, like I was definitely scared little, you know, little girl just dreaming of, and I still am for sure. But um, I think right now I feel just so much more, I don't know. I We've done a lot as a team as far as culturally and how can we be really good off the court that helps translate on the court. And I feel really in control of kind of my actions and how that, you know, maybe is perceived by other teammates and just being more aware, like interpersonally than maybe I was in 2012, where I was just solely focused on, I need to perform and I need to do this. And of course, I still need to do that with now, but it's more, how can I bring the best out of my teammates and how can I be, um, you know, good for them when, you know, maybe they're nervous or how, you know, what can I do to assist, uh, certain situations versus solely focusing on, Hey, me and, and what's going on around me. So
2: do you, are you continually asking yourself those kind of questions, like in the heat of the moment, like during a game, are you saying like, how can I be better for my team? How can I be a better leader? How can I, or is that just kind of something that comes naturally because you've done it for so long? <laughs>
1: Yeah, to a certain degree, I do think it's is some, something that comes naturally, but I do think that I'm constantly asking myself, like, even areas of my game, like, hey, okay, they're doing this, they're trying to serve here strategically, like, this is where I got to pick up my game on this side, um, and then emotionally, you know, kind of reading the game and, like, the ebb and flows, like, what does the team need right now? Does it need me to, like, hey, guys, like, we need to get our, you know what, together, or is it, hey, like, let's have some patience here, let's, you know, we're doing all the right things. They're playing well, like give credit to where credit's due. And then also, but let's focus on X, Y, and Z to get our side up to their level. So um, I think for sure, constantly asking that question and, and having that perspective.
2: What would you say is the single biggest lesson you've learned about leadership from 2012
1: to date? Oh, goodness. I think everybody is different, right, on the team. If you try and maybe act a certain way towards one player, they're not going to respond. And, but I think it's a lot of ebb and flow of, like, constantly learning and adapting and adjusting and finding new ways to impact. And um, I think it's always asking the question of, we actually did, like, a teammate survey of, you know, maybe how my actions are being perceived by others that I'm just not aware of, you know, like, for example, my failure recovery, like how if I fail, or if I do something, right, that it's detrimental to our team, I tend to hang on it onto it a little bit too long, maybe for those around us. So I need to be able to move on quicker. So that my teammates can respond in a manner that's more productive instead of me sulking, not sulking, because I don't really do that. But just like you know, I kind of hang on to it a little bit too long, maybe two or three points later. But we don't got time for that. We got to move on and we got to be on the next play already. So um, just that awareness um, has really like helped me kind of sharpen my leadership uh, tool for sure.
2: How do you approach failure?
1: Yeah. uh, I don't think I, I think I do okay at it. Right. Like me personally, like I know I'm already moving on, you know, but I think my external is showing something different. And so I think that's something I need to work on is like, instead of like, maybe we call a timeout three points after I, you know, failed at something, and then I'm still apologizing for that play, right? Like that, I gotta, I gotta move on, like, externally, but I know for me personally, like, internally, like, I'm already moved on and, like, focusing on what's coming next, Um, and so, but I think how my team responds and how people are impacted around me, I gotta make that change externally as well.
2: move on quick. It's on to the next play. I think that's a lesson we could all take in, in other areas of our lives, not even on the court. (laughs) That's a big one. Uh, that's a big one. So what, what does your fitness routine look like?
1: Yeah. So, um, I'll just give an example right now when we go back in the gym, we're actually going back in the gym tomorrow. So we do, um, lifting before practice. So it's about an hour, hour and 15 minutes from 8.30 to about 9.15. And then we'll do some like rehab, sorry, 8.30 to 9.30, and then do some rehab before practice starts at 10. And then we practice from about 10 to 12.30. We have a smaller group right now. So I'm assuming we're not going to go the full two and a half hours, but, um, and then we actually have the rest of that afternoon off. It's pretty nice. We, that's, that's our only regimen. And then we rest and recover and, and come back the next day. And, uh, we are lifting three times a week right now, um, so that schedule kind of looks similar three times a week, and then on the other days just practice. So, and then uh, we typically have weekends off, which is really nice. They found that for our bodies to really recover, we needed full, like a full two days to really get the benefits of taking time off. Uh, we used to do one day off and it just, we, we found that that next practice was just absolute trash. So we, we found that two days off coming in on Monday, all of a sudden people are refreshed and ready to get after it again. So
2: So what does the Olympics look like for you guys? I know some sports are like, they get two days there. Volleyball, you guys play like a hundred (laughs) games.
1: Yeah, yeah, we are. I think we are the only sport or one of the sports that go the full duration. And so we are playing every other day, which it's honestly like my favorite, like tournament format. Um, You know, we have World Cup, World Champs where we're playing 15 matches in 19 days, which is a lot of games. Um, and we're playing a lot of back-to-backs where at the Olympics, it's like, you can like get after it and go hard. And then you got a full day to kind of rest, recover, mentally recover to like, really like ramp up again. So it's really, it's a cool cadence and something that, uh, I really enjoy uh, playing in that format. I wish other ter- tournaments would adapt it because it's, I think it's great.
0: What are some of those things that you do? We've talked about your, your team around you, your nutritionalist, those people. What do you do to maintain your energy, keep yourself able to perform every other day or or in those other tournaments where you're even doing it a couple times a day?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm lucky and then I love what I do. I love volleyball. I'm a volleyball nerd. I can watch it all the time. I can, you know, do I don't have to necessarily check out like some people. like like I need to like step away. And so I think I hope I'm answering your question right. Like I think for me, like being able to just continue to grind and just grind and grind and grind that's kind of my mentality that I've adapted and um and then so that means when I'm coming home I'm you know norma and doing that stuff physically but like mentally I'm still very much in it and I'm in it for a long time and just used to that grind and you know, because we really don't have it. The pandemic is the most time I've had off in 12 years. So it was it was actually nice mentally uh, to recover a little bit, but I'm used to just constantly getting after it and constantly trying to perform at the highest level. So it's uh, uh, just kind of, again, sharpening that tool and continue to find a way to, to be good. And even when on days, I don't feel great.
0: How did the pandemic affect all of this? Because you should have already been through your Olympic journey at this point. Yeah. What did that do for you? Set you back?
1: Yeah, no. Um, honestly, I, I probably I thought the pandemic was honestly helped me a lot. I, I was not in great physical shape. I mean, I was okay, but I and I could have made it through the Olympics just fine. But I was dealing with plantar fasciitis, which, like, kudos to Victory and Souls, the my partner that I work with, because I was dealing with plantar fasciitis for over a year and trying to jump and, and deal with that. It was like my worst nightmare. And I didn't realize how much pain I was in until I like finally stopped and then ramped back up. And I was like, Oh, my foot doesn't hurt. Like, that's great. You know? And so, and then also just like the rest of my body, my joints, I'm jumping higher now than I have, I think my entire career because I just have had time off to like build a foundation and build some strength that now I'm like, kind of, you know and how i talked about like different shorter seasons so i've been able to like kind of get after it for two months and then train in the gym for two months and then get after it for two months and then train in the gym so it's been this like nice like cadence where i can like really peak um and i really feel like that's been beneficial and i feel like the pandemic has allowed that kind of like hey i'm gonna fully stop and like re-ramp up kind of thing so it's been really nice
0: So you leave for Tokyo in probably like two weeks, I think. What are you most looking forward to?
1: I think just embracing the moment, embracing this time. And this uh, it's a big summer. I'm also getting married this year. So it's it's just a lot. Yeah, I know. Really exciting things. Thanks. Yeah, really exciting things happening. And uh, just really trying to soak it all in. And I, I think I'm just really stoked for our team. I think the pandemic, we like kind of committed to doing one zoom call a month. I know that sounds like it's not a lot because a lot of people were zooming all the time, but we were all over the place and just still trying to connect once a month was really a big win for us. And I, I think it's really paying off. I think interpersonally we've dealt with a lot of issues that maybe we would have to deal with right away coming back together. And now we're just solely focused on volleyball and how we can get better. And it's it's a really cool thing to see. and. Um, uh, we have a great crew and just real all around good people.
0: Yeah, the gelling of that team, because we see professional teams, they're together all the time. How do you form those connections? Even just once a month, I don't feel like the the camaraderie would be there to perform at an Olympic level. So how does that look once you all do get back in the gym? How do you make that connection fit?
1: you know i i thought too i was like oh i want some mush should we do more but honestly i thought it was it was enough and then i think once we got back in the gym we had already had these like structures in place of like how communication should happen if you were to have a problem you go from the player to the leadership council then to the staff and then you know we're trying to intertwine you know relationally and how does that work but i think because we were had like able to have like massive talking points on those monthly meetings that we were able to have conversations on the side of like if we had an issue with a teammate like we were able to address it then versus like right when we got back you know so it really really set us up for success and i think we just won a a pretty big tournament and i think you know we ended up winning only losing one match during that whole thing which i don't know it shows just consistency And we had a lot of moving parts. We made a cut, you know, so it was just, I mean, a lot of things that probably could have pulled us apart and we really just kind of had a tight knit crew. So really, really cool to see.
0: Yeah. The article actually said USA continues dominance was the phrase they used. (laughs) So what kind of pressure does that build going into another, the largest international competition?
1: Yeah, no, I think uh, we, so Even at this tournament, a lot of the teams didn't send their A-team, so a lot of the teams that we'll be facing in the Olympics, they didn't send their A-team. So while we are taking really big notes and things that we can take away from this tournament, we ultimately know that this isn't what we're going to be seeing, and so we got to set ourselves up for success, and getting into the gym tomorrow, it's like, hey, great. We won like kudos, woohoo! but like now is like where we get our, you know, work done and like focus in on things that we did learn, but ultimately where is our goal and where we want to be. And so, um, that's kind of our mentality and, and how we're using this, this win, um, to our advantage for sure to build confidence, but also to be realistic about where we want to be.
2: Yeah. There's a, there's a lot to put in a team at, a, at an elite level together.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's challenging too, because you got a lot of different personalities and yeah, it's, it's tough. But I think we've found a way to like find a common goal and, and figure it out. So
0: big goal helps everybody going in the same direction.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Which if you would have asked me, I think again, like last year, like our team was not pulling in the same direction. We had people, you know, mad at the staff or mad at the situation and mad at the pandemic. You know, there was just a lot of things externally that were going on that if you would ask me like, Hey, how are you feeling going into last year? I would have probably had a much different answer um, than I do have for you this year. So I think that's also been really cool to see how people have grown and just, I don't know. It's, it's been awesome.
0: Like, yeah, I don't want to take away from the Olympics, but you're also getting married this year. (laughs) How are you managing? Cause there's stress around that in itself. Are you just backburnering that for now?
1: Yeah, no, I, I've kind of put things in place where it's like, Hey, if it works out i mean if i'm not one to stress about any of that kind of stuff so i have everything that i think i need and if it doesn't work out people will understand like you had a big summer all right cool like we're here to party that's all that matters right hold
0: up your medal yeah "Yeah."
1: exactly like this is what i was working for and we're here to celebrate yeah so uh no i i i feel like everything's in place and that needs to be and it'll all happen how it's supposed to happen so
0: what happens after the Olympics for you? Are you, do you take time off? I know you have obviously the wedding plan or do you all kind of come back and evaluate the team moving forward? Cause there's still national competitions every year.
1: Yep, for sure. Um, yeah, no, everybody kind of takes time off. And this is kind of of the Olympic year. Usually we have the most time off out of all the years, uh, which is probably like a month and a half for some people, almost two months uh, before I actually signed another contract in China to go back there. And so I will go back there probably mid September or mid October or something like that. So, uh, everybody will start ramping up for overseas seasons and then, uh, come back for next summer.
2: How many seasons are there in a year for, for you Like how, how much do you actually play volleyball in a given year?
1: Yeah. So, um, in Europe, um, they usually play two matches a week. um, And the seasons usually last from like September to April, sometimes beginning of May. So you can kind of do the math. It's like sometimes up to 24 matches or so. Um, This last year in China, because of the pandemic, we were kind of in a bubble. And so they decided to condense the season. So we had like 22, no, 18 matches in like 22 days or something ridiculous. Like it was. Insane. Mind you, I had just come out of quarantine. I had to quarantine for two weeks with no like like ability to work out. Like I had to work out with bands in my room. Like I could not go anywhere. So I came out of quarantine, trained for a week with my team, went and played 18 matches and then flew home. I was in China a total of two months, like from start to finish. It was the most insane experience, but it worked out it was great. It was short. Got my full contract. So I can't argue. <laughs> so it's, it's all good. So, <laughs> but yeah, typically it's anywhere between 24 to like, I would say 30 matches. It's, it really just kind of depends on how far you go in the league and things like that. So.
2: And then the rest of the year is just training, keeping up. on Yeah. Runs. The rest of
1: the year is typically with the national team. And sometimes in the national team gym, we have up to 25 players at once uh, training. So.
2: It's a busy schedule.
1: What is that
0: Well, yeah? What does that selection process look like? Because you're not taking 25 people with you to Tokyo, right?
1: Yeah. So this summer we had 23 to start the summer. And then we basically trained for 10 days because we had to have a cut before we left for BNL. And then we went down to 18 players. And then we went to BNL, which is the tournament we just came from, and we Basically played six matches, and then they made the cut to twelve, and then the eighteen still had to stay there for another ten days, and then they flew home, and then the twelve finished out the semifinal and final, um, and so that's kind of what we're dealing with. So pretty pretty intense. We've never actually now I, this is my third time we've never actually made a cut at a tournament. So this was very very new and very hard, as you can imagine to find out that you're not going to Olympics and then you have to stay and train. Oh. And then after we get back, then you have to come back in the gym and train until we leave because you just don't like you're an alternate. So you don't know if something were to come up, someone were to be injured or test co- or test positive. So it's really a, really a tough role to be in for, for sure for them.
2: I always like to ask the question, like what, what's next for you? Or do you think, or do you have your eyes on 2024
1: Already, oh, or yeah.
2: what are you? What are you thinking for the future?
1: You know,
0: I, I or post volleyball.
1: Yeah, you know, I thought I thought about that too. Um, I, I really don't know. I'm really trying to not have any expectations. Uh, do I see myself further on the national team? Not really, um, but it's close to home. I mean, I'm not far from the training facility, so I, I just I don't want to close any doors um, because I just don't know what the future holds and. Um, just trying to be as present as I can this moment, really embrace it and enjoy it, and uh, yeah, we'll make that decision as it comes. I had a really good friend. she's always like, oh, I'm gonna retire now, I'm gonna retire now, and the, she's still playing ten years later, so I'm like, I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut and like not you know not say anything until until I know it's time. So
2: I think I have one more question if you have time, yeah, I, I really. So. Uh, with somebody that's been a, at such an elite level for as long as you've been at this level, what advice would you give to a young person who has aspirations to be at that level, to get to that, you know, to like, I want to be in the Olympics someday. What does it actually take?
1: Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. I, I think my answer changes to all the time. So I'm like, I don't know how I got here You know, <laughs> to a certain degree. I'm like, man, you know, I just showed up every day and tried to do the best I could. Um, one word that comes to my mind is consistency like just you know doing what you can off the court showing up every day and trying to giving your like give your best and if you can consistently do that over and over and over again and um the one thing that helped me really wrap my mind around the concept of my very first quad was we don't have to be great. Like you don't have to be great. Like if you start to pinpoint yourself of like, I need to be this perfect individual and do everything perfect. Like it's not going to be the expert. You're going to fall short. If you can just be good and be consistently good for a really long time. um, It ends up working out typically. So I don't know. I, I, I would say that just consistency and being good for a long time.
2: That's great advice.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's hard, it's hard though, I don't know it's it's a, it's a grind for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: I mean, I consistent yeah. discipline. I, I own a business is what I do. I, I have a brewery, and it's the same thing The you know there's consistent discipline to do the right thing every single day, whether you want to or not. it's hard it, it's 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 simple. it's a simple concept, but that does not mean it's easy.
1: For sure, for sure. and not like you leading that, right? like as a leader, you have to consistently emotionally, right? even if you're having a really bad day, if you show up, you know, in a bad mood or things like that, like it really affects those around you. And, you know, then people, you know, it's just, it's tough to be a team player and, you know, facilitate all that too. So it's, it's definitely a challenge. So.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jordan, we want to be respectful of your time, but we thank you so much for being with us and uh, cannot wait to watch you
0: in the Olympics. Thanks (laughs) real quick. How can people connect with you? Because we want to make sure, Beam USA is getting all the viewership we can pump that direction.
1: Yeah, for sure. So um, USA Volleyball. And then we actually have a USA WNT, uh, like women's volleyball account as well on Instagram. Uh, My personal uh, Instagram is gov1007. um, And then I also have Twitter at JordanLarson10, I believe. So yeah.
0: We'll share it. Awesome.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Good luck. We're so excited to see what happens.
1: Thank you.